Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to our podcast. Today, we have a terrific topic, namely making that jump to managing. And I am so thrilled to have our expert, Richard Custer. Richard is currently Eastern Divisional Manager at Rock Mortgage Lending. So, Richard, hello. Good morning, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you. And this is such a hot topic, jumping into managing. But let's kind of start off a little bit about your own background and talk about how you got into managing. And I know you've been doing it for a long time. Why don't you share with everyone, you know, what that was and, and what your experience was initially? Sure. So I got into the business in 1986. So I've been doing it uh, for a few years. Uh, 1996. I was actually a retail loan officer working in a wholesale operations shop. The regional manager decided that they wanted to open retail operation or retail branch in the Carolinas and asked me if I would be interested in assuming that position, becoming a branch manager and opening up a retail branch. And I thought about it and I said yes i can do this and it's i've been doing that ever since so i've been managing multi-state regions for about 23 24 years now well that's a lot of experience and i'm sure you've seen everything so why don't you talk about a little bit about you know obviously you went from the common you know kind of the common career path where you were a top producer before and then basically they said it's your turn now and so what was kind of the best advice you got about managing and and talk about you know what what all of it that you've learned over all these years of managing originators sure so the first best advice category pat was the best advice i think i've ever gotten in my career was always tell the truth and never talk bad about your competition as i got into into management i've heard the same advice over and over again do more coaching than you do managing and i have tried to mirror my management style in that do more coaching than managing so from your experience when you and i guess this really leads to the question about the secret sauce of what you think it is it sounds like for you the coaching part of it is really kind of the critical side to be successful it really is and and so secret sauce i would say that i have um, learned is don't micromanage instead empower your employees and the best way to empower your employees is to define your expectations of them Mm -hmm. for them and then that way they'll know if they're doing a good job or they're not in talking to people for the last 23 24 years in a attracting new talent One of the things that I've heard the most is people don't know if they're doing a good job or not. And I think it's very, very important for managers, for leaders to set the expectations so that they know if they're doing a good job or not. If they're not, you can jump in and help them. If they are, you can stand back 
empower them and, and help them even do more business. When you're talking about defining expectations, I know a lot of people in mortgage banking think, well, they should know if they want to make some money, they better do some loans. And so that ends up being obviously pretty nebulous. So talk a little bit about how you define expectations for uh, your originators. Sure. So one of the things that's really important to me is in defining expectations, Pat, is uh-huh. finding out what makes the employee tick, uh-huh. finding out what their hot buttons are, and then say, you know, you're we're welcoming you into our family, into our team, and setting the expectations not only for productivity, but for attitude, for interaction with others, with service to their customers, all of that. So defining the expectations, put it in writing and share it with the employee. And what I do is have the employee sign it, I sign it and I give them a copy of it. Oh, okay. So did you do this in the beginning of your managing career or when did this really kind of you were implementing it. And do you do a discussion of this during your recruiting? I do do it. Do I do discuss it during my recruiting. I learned this. I'm a big fan of Todd Duncan. And I've learned this over the course of my managing career, probably seven, eight, nine years into it, because expectations in the beginning, you would say, I would say, okay, you're expected to do five loans a month and not do anything else, right? Not interact with them. What happened was, is they didn't do five loans a month. And so I had to look inward to myself, what can I do as their leader, as their coach to help them? And that's, so trial and error, making mistakes is really where this came into play. And I've stuck with it my entire career since that point. So what has been the reactions to originators when, in other words, they have signed the sheet of paper that you have defined uh, when they join you? Are you monthly going over that with them? Or is this something that, how do you circle it into the day-to-day side? So I'm really big on accountability. So I have monthly calls with them. I'm really involved on a database on, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day base with the originators right um, I'm there to help them and with the signed agreement it removes excuses of why they can't and instead of what do we need to do to get to get there what can I do to help you mm-hmm. what are you not doing causing you not to achieve these and you know sometimes you really do have to adjust make adjustments on the way for the ones who are meeting it easily, we adjust it upward. Sometimes the ones who are having difficulty, we adjust it downward. As a result of this, have you lost, did you lose recruits that may not want to join you because you seem very clear on this, on the setting of expectations? Or did it help you actually recruit better people? Truthfully, yes, I've lost recruits. However, I've gained better people in mm-hmm. it. People want to feel a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. People want to feel a part of a team. And if being the good producers, the one that want to the ones that want to succeed will mm-hmm. listen to you and they will grasp onto 
understanding that the accountability piece is just helping them. It's not doing anything to hurt them. And so when you look at it for this accountability piece, have you seen, I guess, a positive reaction? I mean, people that want to be held accountable obviously would be more attractive as candidates for you, I would think. Is that, is that correct? Sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so accountability too often in mortgage banking is talked about, but never actually discussed of what it means. Do you go into deep discussions on here's what I expect, not just your production numbers, but, uh, you know, so and so is that is that how you handle it in your discussions with the the candidate who now becomes your employee? Yes, it really is. It really is. I go into deep discussions. We talk about it. Part of that accountability is what they say they need to succeed. And so we all need somebody who who pushes us, right? Mm -hmm. We all need somebody that will hold us accountable. And that's part of that accountability piece. Right. Well, that's almost like you're being a coach to the employees, really, the originators, really. I think today you have to be a coach. I've seen, I've worked in places where people were micromanagers and micromanaging fuels discontent mm-hmm. it fuels resentment and it 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 does not it's not a unifying piece and today more than ever we need to be unified in our teams and our branches and in our regions and in our company right so when you're saying and this is really a great topic that should be practically another podcast on micromanaging. Give me an example for our audience today on what would be a version of that. Recently, when I was discussing with another manager, they were talking about their manager was actually reviewing their emails. Now, that's a classic case of micromanaging. But talk about kind of what you have seen that really is micromanaging at its worst. So one of the things that I've seen in micromanaging is a manager who expects the employee to be in at a certain time, gives them a list of things to do, Mm -hmm. monitors everything that they do, intervenes, and rather than empowering, almost shuts them down with with their clients. I've seen that happen way too many times. Have you ever seen it happen, which I've seen many times happen, when the manager goes on a sales call with the individual and then they take over the call? <laughs> that's my, all the time. That's a micromanaging and that's, that's, a, that's a person that really wants to be an originator again and doesn't recognize the role as a manager. So Richard, let's talk more about really this hot topic of uh, making the jump to managing. It's not easy. And I think a lot of times in mortgage banking, it is looked at as the next progression, even if the person doesn't really want to be a manager, but they feel they need to take the title because, you know, they get an override on the group and all these other things. But talk about your your own jumping and what you've seen others that actually work out better. Sure. So one of the things in the very beginning, mm-hmm. when I So when I was originating, I was always driven. I was always driven to have more realtors, to have more builders. When I when I got into managing Pat and was responsible for recruiting, for bringing people on, I was amazed at the amount of people who have chosen a straight commission job who aren't motivated. And so that was one of the biggest pieces for me was 
why are you here on a straight commission job and you're not motivated? The lowest producers are generally the biggest complainers, right? <laughs> um, and True. So the people that take up a lot of your time with negativity right. are the people who aren't doing very much. And I learned through coaching series and seminars I've taken, you give your best to your best, right? Right. You don't leave the other people out, but you definitely give your best to your best. And over the years, that is proving even to this day that you treat everybody equally. However, the people who are really doing the business, they deserve a little more time than the people who aren't because they're doing the things to get the business and the other people aren't. So over the years as managing, I've learned a lot about people that I didn't know before. As an originator, you think everybody wants to succeed and everybody wants to do a lot of business. Mm -hmm. As you become a, a, a branch manager or a regional or, or whatever, you find out that's not the case and you have to interact with them. And, you know, sometimes the best thing for someone is to kick them out or, or let them go um, mm -hmm. because no matter what you do, they're not going to succeed one of the best things I've taken away or I've learned internally from managing is how to interact with people. Yeah, everyone's different. That's the big issue. And you obviously have hit on a topic that I have actually spent a lot of years on too. And and too often what I see is that managers aren't giving their attention to the better producers and are really not addressing the real issue of uh, the poor performer or the, or the one that is really an up and down performer. They spend their time there when those people really should be moved out. And at the end, they ignore the top producers. And then what happens is, you know, they're going to get recruited by somebody else because they're really not getting that feedback from the manager. So you really hit on a great point and something that I can't emphasize enough. What you're calling, just another comment, what you're calling not motivated, you know, uh, my company has spent 25 years looking at personality traits. And the fact of life is not everybody is matched for uh, the world of commission sales. It's a hard business for sure. And the motivation side is really a lack of talent side. They're just not matched for it. And I think that is often we're wanting them to do well, but really they don't have the skill set or the abilities of what you talked about. So Richard, we're coming to the end today. And I'd like to hear maybe kind of your, you know, if you could share a couple takeaways for our listeners about this jumping into managing and uh, what people need to be aware of? Sure. So I, I would say the first takeaway, Pat, is jump into it because it's a great career. It's a great elevation of your career. Number two is, I would say, be mindful of your interaction with, with people. So when you're communicating or interacting with your employees, make certain that they understand what it is you're saying versus something different. And the other, the other, another takeaway would be encourage your people. You can encourage people through accountability and always put your best foot forward, never criticize in public. And, and if you treat everybody like you wanna be treated, you'll be successful. 
Well, Richard, they're words to live by for sure. So I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom today. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Look for our our next uh, podcast and certainly have a great sales week. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for all you do. I really appreciate it.